You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Oh. In the field, number 70! You're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one, happy 2000! No time. Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. And remember, you can call us at 1-877-909-9977. And remember, you can call us every single show by calling that number. You could also follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You could follow us on all our social medias from Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are on Radio.com. Mr. Speedy Petey, what's going on, my friends? How you doing? I'm doing. I, obviously, you're doing. You were on the show with uh, Tyler. Yeah, I and, was. And that <laughs> I've been, show. I've been, all, I've, been, I've been on three different shows today. I was on third and long earlier. Now I'm just on Tyler's show. Now Why I'm do here. you always look like you, you have a stick stuck up? Your new, you know what? Well, I know what you are implying, and you say it a lot off air. Yes, so. but it's true. You, you, you sometimes, I wonder about you, Speedy. You're you just wonder? like all. Yes, I wonder. I wonder. What is that down? Is that on a word for you? You're thinking about it a lot. I do. I think about a lot of things. Every, every time we come on these shows with Speedy, and it's just me and Speedy tonight, every time we talk, Speedy and me, like, off air, I, I do attack him in different ways, but Speedy has his own way of answering questions in just weird ways. I, I just think you're... So I, I, I love is you. Is it as weird as the facial expressions that yeah, you love? Well, you do make a lot of facial expressions. <laughs> Everybody tells me, and you have this weird laugh. You sound like a crow when you laugh. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't, do that laugh again. I need, I need a context. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. It'll, have, come up. It'll come up again. We have a lot of things to talk about. But before we talk about anything, the news for today. Well... This is going to be quick today. There's really nothing going on in the world because there's really nothing important on this show. But I will tell you this. New York people cannot drive. They really can't. And today on 25, today on 25 in Center Reach, I guess you could say, Selden, there was a bad accident. Two people passed away. Channel 12 News. Yeah, two people passed away. They closed off the road. They closed off the road. All day long, from 10 o'clock in the morning to almost 8 o'clock at night, the road, the end of the road over there, right by Nichols Road, was completely closed. I'm not Nichols Road, I'm sorry, North Ocean. It was completely closed because of this accident. So um, I don't don't know exactly what happened, but uh, two people died in this accident. So that really was the news of the day. There's really nothing else to talk about. I don't really want to get into the Kardashians. Or any of those stories, because they really have no meaning to to any of this in, in the sports in the sports world. So that was really the news of the world, Speedy. So what do you think about that? Shocking, but again, like you're saying with Long Island drivers, it doesn't surprise me. But also, you know, it's it's weird. Very, I, I wanna, very tragic. Though. I, I will say this: today I was at work, and I work at Mather Hospital during the day, 
And I work for their outreach program. And I'm driving. You can shut the music off, Speedy. I'm driving out of a parking lot, okay? And these old people, and, and I, 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 I say old people because they look like they were in their 60s, okay? They, I was in front of them. And I was looking at my phone, but I was at a light. And the light turned green. They beeped their horn. I didn't see the light turn green. And I slowly move up past the light. These people actually got in front of me, got in front of me, and then cut me off and then stopped in the middle of 347. Old people. Like, like I, I know a lot of people like to cut people off and put their hazards on. These old people actually got in front of me. They didn't put their hazards on. And they stopped in front of me. So what I did was I pulled to the side of their car. And it was, an old, it was a little old lady in you know, the passenger side. And the old man, uh, he looked a little bit younger than the little old lady. And he rolls down his window. And he's giving me the finger. He's yelling at me on the top of his lungs. And I told him, I, I don't want to tell you on live radio what I really said to him, but pretty much said, said to him, I said, if you were any younger, I would get out of my car, rip you by your neck, and pull you out through your window, and stick your head up your ass. That's pretty much what I said. I drove off, and then he tried to pull in front of me on Nichols Road. Tried to pull in front of me on Nichols Road, trying to speed ahead of me. And it, it became a race until I got on Mark Tree Road. It was unbelievable. And I'll tell you this. And I'll say this over and over again before we get into sports. Old people, and I'm not taking shots at old people, but after you turn the age, after you turn the age of 60 years old, you should have to be permitted to take the driving test over. You should. You have to take the driving test over. Because to me, none of these people know how to drive. None of them. None of them. And, and this is the problem with me. It, with me every day because I see I, I drive around the vicinity of the hospitals and all these doctors' offices and it's dangerous, absolutely dangerous. Here in Long Island it, on three forty seven, it's the worst highway in Long Island, the worst highway in Long Island, and it's dangerous. And at four o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the afternoon, it's bumper to bumper traffic. You have all these trucks, all the on. All, all smashed together. There's accidents galore on 347. If there's an accident, you see all these cops, they, they block off half the road, so you have to take different sectors or different areas to go around. You have to take Sheep Pasture Road. If you guys know anything about Long Island, it's all, there's all different side roads to go, and there's so many different ways to get certain places, especially on 347. So it, it's dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. But... I want to get into this Miles Garrett thing. And I, I, I know a lot of people have been talking about it. And, and the story keeps getting better and better and better about Miles Garrett. Now, the NFL, I, I understand the NFL is trying to look at Miles Garrett and trying to set things straight with him and say, you know, if you do something, what you did. And, and I, don't, I, I listen to all the radio shows, and I've listened over and over again. I listened to Jeff the other day say, that that was an assault. When Miles Garrett is 280, 290 pounds, he's a pass rusher. This guy is six foot three, six foot four. He's built like an ox. He's a muscle bound idiot. I don't care what Mason Rudolph said. I don't care if he called his mother or you know what. 
or said racial slurs like he claims that Mason Rudolph was saying. First of all, Mason Rudolph's half his offensive line is African-American. Half his offensive line is African-American. Why would he say that? That's one. Number two, Miles Garrett, for the last couple of days, has not apologized for anything that he did last Thursday. Not one thing. I have not heard him say one sympathy or uh, nice thing or try to apologize. Not only, you don't want to apologize to Mason Rudolph, apologize to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. The NFL, in the last couple of years, and I will say this, I, I know the, the whole domestic violent thing, you have Ezekiel Elliott doing the stupid things that he does off, on and off the field. The Rice situation that happened three or four years ago. The Colin Kaepernick thing of kneeling and then puts on this fiasco on Saturday with Colin Kaepernick, which we'll get into a little bit later. It is an embarrassment right now what the NFL is doing. The NFL should not be going out in the public eye saying and attacking guys like Miles Garrett. We all know Miles Garrett was at fault for what he did. We all know. We all know that what he did was wrong and dangerous and could have killed somebody. We also know that the NFL and Roger Goodell for years, for years, have been trying to hide these things to the public. For years. Now, with the CTE thing, we talk about this. We talk about the domestic violence. They try to cover up the whole rice thing. They suspended him two games, then they suspended him for four games, and then they suspended him for his career. Some of these players get opportunities again in the NFL. Miles Garrett didn't kill anybody, didn't beat a woman up, didn't really hurt Mason Rudolph. Luckily, but could have. But what he did was outrageous. And the fact that he wouldn't apologize after it is an embarrassment. The NFL should put him through classes, anger management classes, because that cannot happen again. He has done this not once, not twice, but three times this year. He permanently injured Trevor Simeons. And that was, that was a cheap shot. He hit Delaney Walker in the face. This is a guy that you look at. And you look at him, you see him interview. He's a big, strong man, but seems like a very nice guy. He has a few screws loose. This is an embarrassment for the NFL. Because right now, if you look at the NFL as a whole, their numbers are down. Their ratings are down. And there's not, this year, for the first time, there's not one team that you can honestly say 
That is better than any other team. Why is that a bad thing, though? But that's not a bad thing. But that's something the NFL for years have been trying to sell the best team. The Patriots, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the, the, the Saints. Well, they try to sell a team, but they also get breakthrough on like bandwagon teams. And there have certainly been some of those this year. The 49ers, the Packers. There definitely have been some bandwagon teams. The Ravens now with Lamar Jackson doing what he's doing. There's definitely still that kind of thing. Well, obviously the NFL is trying to sell a product. That's what they're trying to do. Right. They're trying to sell a product. But right now the numbers are down. And the NFL and the Super Bowl last year was down by three and a half points. That's a lot. And I understand the Rams and the Patriots are not something that you want to watch. Okay, because the Rams are an L.A. team that really is a St. Louis team. <laughs> right. It, they went from L.A. to St. Louis to L.A. And L.A. is already scattered with a bunch of other fans anyway. Their fans are not good for football anyway. And that's why the Chargers are in the same stadium as, as them. And now you're hearing that the Chargers might even be moved to England. This, I mean, this is, this is a story that's coming out now. Something like this hurts the NFL because... Why would a parent want their kid to watch something like this? Right now, the parents are trying to keep their kids away from playing football in high school or middle school because of concussions, because of head damage. Now, the new helmets and, you know, the Antonio Brown situation with the Oakland Raiders, he didn't want to wear the new helmets because it was blocking his view, and and even Tom Brady said it bothers his view, and now... A lot of uh, Patriot fans I've heard throughout social media says maybe the reason why Tom Brady is not having his good year is because of the helmet. (laughs) This is an embarrassment. This what Miles Garrett did, not only threw the NFL under the bus, uh, under the bus, I said buff, bus, but it makes the NFL look like a bunch of mean asses. Like a bunch of, what, what do you call them? Uh, muscle-bound idiots. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Now, I don't know Miles Garrett personally. I don't. He might be a nice guy. Might be a guy that everybody wants to hang out with. As long as you keep him away from your helmet. Or a brick. Or a bat. How do we know that this guy is not going to do it again? That he hasn't learned his lesson? Now, we've seen it for years with Vontae Perfect. And Vontae Perfect came out, came out and said, I've never done anything as outlandish as that, which is a lie. You saw what he did to Antonio Brown in the playoffs. Right, but that was during live play. There's a difference between that and doing it after the play unnecessarily. I, I think the bigger comparison was what Pac-Man Jones did. 2015 in the first game of the season, slamming Amari Cooper with his own helmet on his head. That would be more comparable. Perfect, again, most of his stuff was really during plays, just vicious hits and cheap shots and stuff like that. So from that comparison, he's right, but that doesn't mean he gets, any, gets away with anything he did. <laughs> And Marquise Pouncey was banned. His ban has been reduced to two games. Which is as, surprising. As well as it should be. You think but, so? Yes, absolutely. He was protecting his quarterback. Sure, but again, those were also vicious attacks too, though. Vicious attacks? The guy swing uh, a helmet 
Swain a swing a weapon. Right, right, I know that. I'm just saying. What did he do? He jumped on top of him and tried to kick him in the head? He was wearing a damn helmet. That's fine. I think three games is fine for that. <laughs> Two games. I, I, I wouldn't have suspended him. He's protecting his player. He could have permanently injured him. All right, but there's a difference between hitting him once and hitting him repeatedly. Speedy, if I came up to you and smacked you six or seven times, would you care? If I were, uh, if yeah. I came up to you right now and smacked you six or seven times, would you care? Yes. <laughs> okay. If I came up to you and kicked you in the head, would you care? Yes. Okay. So what is the difference if somebody is protecting somebody, a guy that's twice, twice, twice the size of you, protecting a guy that's smaller than you? Right. If I was the Browns' offensive lineman, I would care too. How do you figure? I would if I were smacked, rep- kicked repeatedly like that, like Marquise Pouncey was doing. Yeah. Speedy, I, I'm going to tell you this once and once for all. If I saw somebody hit you on national TV and try to kill you or try to permanently injure you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything I can to protect you. That's what I'm going to do. What is an offensive line supposed to do? He's supposed to protect the most important player behind the line of scrimmage, and that's the quarterback. Is he not? So if somebody is going to rip off your helmet after trying to take your neck off with the helmet because it was strapped – and swing it like a baseball bat at you, miss you, and then tries to get, grab you and bring you down with him because, oh, he was saying racial slurs. And by the way, I, I don't care what Mason Rudolph was saying to him. That doesn't give you the right to try to hurt this kid. That doesn't justify what Rudolph said either, but yeah, what Garrett did was inexcusable. What do you mean what Mason Rudolph said? If he did come out and How say How do you know? Because nobody heard him say right, it. Right, we don't, we don't know yet. No, I'm telling you, he didn't say it. Nobody heard it. Nobody have on Right, it. nobody could have nobody heard it. Nobody on the defensive line from Miles Garrett heard it either. Did you hear anything? Has anything come well, no, out? No, no, no. No, because it never happened. It no, never happened. Right, I don't know if it happened. No, it never happened. He's trying to protect himself. He's trying to get off this suspension so he can play in the playoffs. Well, that won't happen. Even if it did happen, you can't justify what you did. This is an embarrassment for the NFL. And I don't care what the NFL does. And this, they'll try to patch it up. And this is, this is, if this, they have to make him an example to what the NFL shouldn't be. They did it to Rice, did they not? Rice didn't step on a football field ever again after knocking out his, his wife or his fiance in an elevator door. He was one of the best running backs in the league a year before that. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett is a 23-year-old idiot whom obviously was raised wrong. Embarrassment to the NFL. Absolute embarrassment. And it bothers me more than anything I've seen in the last couple of years, and I know everybody says domestic violence, and absolutely no man should put their hands on a woman. No question. The whole brown thing with the Giants. The whole Ezekiel thing with the, the different women. And obviously the Rice thing. And all the other domestic violence things that happened in the NFL in the last couple of years. They set examples for these guys. Miles Garrett should not only miss the rest of the season, he should miss some of the season next year. 
Yeah, didn't you say last week he, he, if he doesn't apologize, yes. send him another four games or whatever? Yes, I, w- I would. If he's not going to apologize or write an apology to the Pittsburgh organization or Mason Rudolph, I don't care what he said to you. I could say a lot of things to you, Speedy. Do I mean it? In a, in a, in a game, in combat, when you – Jalen Ramsey says a lot of things, okay? Yeah, trash talker. A trash talker says things about their mama – Talks about their father, talks about their sister. I mean, I've heard, I've heard it all. I've heard different things in the offseason of what people have written in GQ magazine or what Ramsey has said to them. Who cares? It's just talk. It's competition. Right. Especially that quarterback thing. That was, I think, humorous more than anything else. To take somebody's helmet and use it as a weapon and try to kill somebody doing it, that's an embarrassment. That can't happen. And the NFL needs to do something about this. I, I, I like Roger Goodell and what he's doing with this. He's he spent him indefinitely. He's not playing for the rest of the season. He's not playing in the playoffs. I don't care. I, I, I'm seeing what the Browns fans are sending to Mason Rudolph. I, I mean, I'm reading a story right now. I, what are they sending him? I, I'm, I'm trying to check out what they're sending him. Um, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah. Is it is it through social media? Is it just is it letters? Is it anything like that? Or they're sending. I know I know people love to attack athletes on Twitter. I'm trying to figure out what uh, you can look at. Look it up on, on NFL.com. There was something. There was a story coming out. It was it was it NFL.com. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it right here, but I, I can't find it. Pro Sports Daily, maybe there was a story, but it was a story that. Fans were taking or doing something. I'm trying to find it right here. Here it is. Browns fans are sending edible bags of dongs to Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph. That's a new one. Jeez. So, now I know the fans are upset that Miles Garrett probably is not going to play another game this year. And he's their best pass rusher. One of the best young pass rushers in the NFL. He's the best defensive player on the team. <laughs> but to make this a joke, this guy could, be, could have been permanently injured. Could have been dead. If he collided with that helmet, that could have killed him with impact. People don't realize how heavy those helmets are. Anybody that's played football would know that it's absolutely dangerous for swinging a helmet. And to take a shot at this kid, and this kid, is Mason Rudolph the future quarterback of the Pittsburgh State? Probably not. He's probably not. But he's a human being. And no human being should take a helmet to the head because he said something to him, or you thought he said something to you. Which everything that I've read is not true. The NFL has to step in here and make him an example. Set an example with Miles Garrett that this will never happen again. Now, will it happen again? Absolutely. Vontae Perfect. He did it over and over and over and over again. Right. And he got suspended and suspended and he lost a lot of money. I, I think he I think he's fine he's been fined more than any player in NFL history. 
The NFL has to look at this and, and, and make sure that this never happens again or try to make sure that this never happens again. When we get back, when we come back, we will get back into some NFL talk. We'll talk about Stephen A. Smith. He said something idiotic today. I will get into that when we come back. one 9977 This is Below the Mic, and we'll be back after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You know, I love this track, Speedy. Don't you love this track? I do. It kind of moves, it kind of moves in so many different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. 80s, it brings back the 80s. Absolutely. Do you know the words of the song? I don't know the Could you sing? I I know the melody. Could you sing? I'm trying to remember this part exactly. I don't know the lyrics. Come on, give give me some of the beat. Uh, Give a karaoke. Welcome to your life. Come on, sing it. There's no turning back. Sing it. Even while we sing. Sing it. We will find it. Man. The pleasure, nothing ever. All right, shut the music. Your voice stinks. Speedy, you're killing me here. Wants to there you go. Good job, Speedy. Uh, yeah, again, I don't know all the lyrics, but the best I can do. Speedy Petey singing a song for you guys, giving you the entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. Speedy Petey. 1 is the number. I know Jeff. Was listening to that. I'm sure he'll call the show in a little while, telling Speedy you stink. Well, I tried to duplicate his voice too. Have you heard from Jeff in any of the shows today? No, no Jeff today. No Jeff today. Wow. He said he was going on vacation soon. He's going up to Rhode Island. So. Rhode Island. Yeah, he's gonna hang out with some of his friends. Does there. he have really friends? Does Jeff have any friends? I wouldn't think that Jeff has any friends. You sure he didn't uh, sink to the bottom of the ocean? I would hope not. Why? Well, you love Jeff? Do you like Jeff? I mean, I don't want I don't want to wish death upon anybody. Well, I'm not saying that you want him dead, but who's to say if he he's sinks gonna... to the bottom of this pool? Well, he's going to drown. Well, how do you know he's going to drown? Maybe he has uh, magical powers. Maybe he can. <laughs> maybe he's the the Aquaman. <laughs> that would be something. We'll call him. <laughs> we'll call him Aquaman. We'll call him Aqua Fat Man. <laughs> you know, he'll sink to the bottom of the ocean, and maybe you know, he'll hang out with some fish. I don't know. <laughs> I really want to get into Stephen A. Smith because I, I am not a big fan of Stephen A. Smith. And this story came out today. And if, if you guys listen to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, their banter. And I'm not a big Max Kellerman fan. But Stephen A. Smith went, Stephen A. Smith went after Terrell Owens on ESPN this morning after the former wide receiver questioned the host blackness during a debate centered around Colin Kaepernick ongoing issues with the NFL. Owen said that Smith's co-host, Max Kellerman, was blacker than Smith, which led to an outspoken host to take Owens to a wound shed or a woodshed. I will say this once and once, once only on this show. Stephen A. Smith has made tons and tons of millions of dollars. Now, I understand he thinks he knows what he knows about sports radio, okay? I, he's, he's, he's the master of going on sports radio if it's not 
TV or sports radio and promoting himself with his quirky, you know, thoughts, his quirky attitude on on the mic and, and just who he is as a personality. He thinks he knows everything. He's smarter than everybody else. Race has nothing, I repeat, nothing to do with sports radio. Nothing. Now, I understand Terrell Owens has his own banter and his own thoughts of what uh, race is, and I, I think Terrell Owens is a racist. I really do. I have nothing against him as a player. I always loved Terrell Owens. I was a big fan of his with San Francisco, and, and when he went to Philadelphia, my second favorite, favorite football team, if it's not the Jets, I root on the Philadelphia Eagles. And I love Terrell Owens. Now, taking shots at Max Kellerman has nothing to do with the conversation of Colin Kaepernick. I don't care who's blacker, who's whiter, who's browner, who's purpler, who's pink. I don't give a crap. I just want to know what you think about Colin Kaepernick and your thoughts, Terrell Terrell Owens' thoughts about Colin Kaepernick, not how black he is or white he is. I don't give a crap. This is an embarrassment. And I'll tell you why it's an embarrassment more than anything. Because when people bring in race, and the whole Donald Trump thing, and I'm not going to get into politics, the whole situation of what... Donald Trump, he's sexist, and he's sexist, he's racist, he's all this. All this stuff that's going on in, in other camps, the Democratic camps, that Donald Trump is a racist and he's a sexist. As an athlete or as an analyst, you want to keep away from conversating about race. That has no bearing or meaning about Colin Kaepernick and who he is as a person or his thoughts behind race. Because I think Colin Kaepernick, in his own way, has his own thought to race. But to talk about it and take a shot at Max Kellerman makes absolutely no sense. Now, I'm not a big Max Kellerman fan, and I'm sure Max Kellerman has his own thoughts to what any one of these guys have said about any kind of thought to race and and the situation with Colin Kaepernick. This is an embarrassment. So Stephen A. Smith, who likes to stir up things and likes to be the center of attention in, on TV, in, in newspapers, I, I'm sorry. This is not going to sell. This is going to piss off people. And this pisses off me because anything, anytime I have to see Stephen A. Smith in the tabloids or in, in, in being the center of attention to whatever's going on in sports is, is pathetic. It is pathetic. And it doesn't help what's going on in sports. It doesn't help the situation, what's going on in sports, just because of race. Now, I'm going to get off the topic with football, and we're going to come back into football a little bit later because we're going to be doing our picks. I want to get into the NBA because right now, the Brooklyn Nets, what is their record right now? I think they're 5-8. and eight. I believe so. They're 5-8 and eight right now. 
They're not playing good basketball. I don't want to hear that Kyrie Irving has missed three games. They decided to bring in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kevin six, Durant. Six and eight. Six and eight. They're tied for seventh right now in the East. This is a team last year that was 42 and 40. They made the playoffs. They had a great season. Their best player was D'Angelo Russell, who is now a Golden State Warrior, who's right now missing two weeks because of his finger. The Brooklyn Nets have not looked good. And, and, and this is what irks me about the Brooklyn Nets. I have been listening all offseason that the Brooklyn Nets have this young, talented basketball team. This young, talented basketball team. Karis LeVert, who can't even stay on the court. This guy has not played a full season of basketball since he was drafted. He's had injury after injury after injury. How long has he been in the league? Four? Four years. Four years? Now, I listen to Kevin Durant, and it's so funny, because I've been listening to Kevin Durant and, and the, the ridiculous comments he's made about the New York Knicks and their organization, how the Knicks, nobody wants to play for the Knicks because they don't have any talent, or he decided that he wanted to play for the Nets because the Nets have the better, they have the better team, they have the better young talent on their team. Now, let me ask you a question. Who do the Nets have, as far as young, that is better or as good as R.J. Barrett? How about this? Who do the Nets have that is better and as young as Julius Randle? And I'm so sick and tired of listening to this crap, this rubbish of garbage that the Net fans say that the Knicks are a poorly run organization because they don't have any talent whatsoever. Right now, the Knicks are 4-11. They only have two less wins than the, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets that Kevin Durant said were that much better than the New York Knicks. They're better coached. I don't know if they're better overall rosters. Now, I, I, I don't want to hear about Kyrie Irving. And now, Kyrie Irving came to this team to, to win a championship. Kyrie Irving never won a championship without LeBron James. He didn't win one championship. How about this? He never played in one playoff game without LeBron James. And I'll tell you this right now. for the Celtics. Right now. I, I can tell you this right now. First of all, he, the last year with the Celtics, he, he didn't play the whole season. He wasn't the no, reason. No, the first year with the Celtics, he didn't play in the playoffs. Last year, he did. No, I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about the. He didn't play the full season with the oh, Celtics. Okay. All right, I think he meant in the playoffs. He wasn't the main reason why they made the playoffs that year. Okay, that's fair. What has Kyrie Irving done without LeBron James? The answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And even when Kevin Durant comes back next year with his torn Achilles. Is Kevin Durant going to be the same player? Too early to tell. Is Kyrie Irving going to be able to play with Kevin Durant? 
Kevin Durant is a completely different player than LeBron James. LeBron James shares the ball. Kevin Durant doesn't. Kevin Durant is a shooting, shooter. Kyrie Irving is a shooter. Now, you look at their point guard position. And you look at their guard position right now. Is it that much better than the New York Knicks right now without Kyrie Irving in the lineup? It's not. It's slightly, but it's not. It's not better than the New York Knicks. Right now, Dennis Smith Jr. is their, their worst point guard on their team. Right. He's got the potential to be. Frank Nilakina is better than any point guard without Kyrie Irving on the Nets. He is. He is. I'm sorry. I, I'm, Straight on point guard or backcourt play? I'm talking about point guard. Okay. The position. Right, because he's actually the only one listed right now, Kyrie Irving. If you go and you look at the Nets right now, give me, give me the Nets roster. All right, so Torian Prince, mm-hmm. Karis LeVert, you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Jared Allen, who's a good big man. Good big man. He's taken a step back so far this year. Go ahead. Okay, fair. Zanan Musa, who's a rookie, I think. Never heard of him. Yeah, I think he's a rookie. Another rookie, Rodion's Crooks. Mm-hmm. Joe Harris, who's a good shooter. Who Spencer, hasn't done anything this year. Spencer Dinwiddie. Who's not a young player. He's a veteran player. Yeah, he's a veteran player. He's kind of a late bloomer. He's still a good player, though. Nicholas Claxton, who is a rookie, that mm-hmm. I know. Duran, who's hurt. DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. Wilson Chandler. Good bench player, not much more. Play for the Knicks. I know who he is. Yeah. Garrett Temple. Nothing special. Theo Pinson. He's a youngster. I think he's a second-year player. David Nawaba. I don't know much about him. Henry Ellenson. All right, we heard, we heard enough. We heard enough. And then Amon Shumpert. Okay. <laughs> let's, go, let's go look at the New York Knicks roster, and you tell me why Kevin Durant it, it has come out and said that he, would, he, he, he didn't want to play for the New York Knicks, that he didn't think that the New York Knicks had the better young talent. Let's go through it. R.J. Barrett, Kadeem Allen, Reggie Bullock, Damian Dotson, Taj Gibson, Kevin Knox, Marcus Morris, Frank Nilakina, Alfred Payton, Bobby Portis, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo Trier. Tell me right now, right now what you see with this New York Knicks team, who has the better roster? Who is the really better team? Now, obviously they have the better coach. Right. That's why I think a lot of these players have gotten better as a result is because Kenny Atkinson take is a better, take away Kenny Atkinson because it's he doesn't play the games he's a coach he's a good coach though he's a, he he proved himself last year the year before he didn't really prove himself much well the roster wasn't as a doesn't matter last year. and this is this is a roster right now this New York team roster there's maybe one or two veterans on this roster it's a bunch of young players it's a bunch of young players. You you expect David Fisdale to win games not, with a, no, with a bl- young roster? No, I'm not, I'm not blaming with David not Fisdale one superstar. Right. You have a young player, a good young player. Well, two good young players in Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Right. I'm just saying to blame Kenny Atkinson for the two years before that is not good either because the, the Nets were in that same. Well, spot. don't blame David Fisdale from last year, Fisdale. and don't blame David <laughs> Fisdale this year. I'm not. I'm sorry. The better roster is the New York Knicks. And the fact that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have come out and said that they would rather play for the Brooklyn Nets 
because they have a better chance of winning a championship with the Brooklyn Nets is a crock of you-know-what. Well, the system does help, though, too. With oh, Atkinson. give me a break. Their system is not going to win a championship. It's not about the system, Speedy. It's about the players. You oh, could, I agree with the players. The players are a lot closer than people think, or even the Knicks are better. I, I could even give you that. I'm just saying the system does help because them with that level of a roster last year, which we're both saying is yeah, not great, was still a playoff team last year. So there's definitely some progress to be made with that. And in a week east, maybe that's what they believe in. It is a, it's, it's a complete mockery of the New York Knicks organization. Now, are the Knicks poorly run? Yes, they are. They are. They're, they, David Fisdale is not really proving himself as a coach. We, we have to see what Scott Perry is going to do with uh, the picks that he has. I mean, so far, he, he hit on R.J. Barrett. I like R.J. Barrett. He looks like he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he picked in the top three, so he practically fell to him. Right. And he's got a ton more upside, too. He didn't draft Nilakini. He didn't draft Dennis Smith Jr. He didn't da- draft any of these players. But right now, the New York Knicks have a better roster. They're just a better team. I mean, on paper. Now, as far as their record, they're not the better team when Kyrie Irving is in the, on, on, on the roster because Kyrie Irving is the better player on each team. He's also the only superstar on each team. What has Kyrie Irving done? What has he won? He has won nothing besides the championships with LeBron James. And I don't, I, don't give it to, I don't give it to him because he played with LeBron James. And I, want to care, I, don't, I want to hear, well, he hit the game-winning shots. He was the reason why. He was a big reason why they won. LeBron James has won with Dwayne Wade. He won with Chris Bosh. He won with Kyrie Irving. He won with Kevin Love. The reason why the Cleveland Cavaliers won that championship was because of LeBron James. Had nothing to do with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie even hit that open shot because LeBron James got him the ball. That was because LeBron James was double teamed. And that brings me to LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Tyler's favorite team. And by the way, one of the, one of the players that he absolutely hates in <laughs> LeBron James. So now he mocks them more than he actually roots for them. <laughs> I will tell you this, and I will, I will say it over and over again. LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. Now, all LeBron James needed was another superstar player beside him, and you see how good LeBron James is. You see it. Now, I'm not going to hit LeBron James below the belt because I have my thoughts to LeBron James on what he says on and off the, uh, off the court. And who he is as a person, as a promoter of his brand off the court. With his stupid TV show or whatever, or his, you know, his production. And always wants to be the center of attention any way he can put himself. He has a TV show now. But as a player, as a talent, LeBron James is the best player in the league. And he's the closest thing in my eyes to Michael Jordan at any player I've seen in the last 25, 30 years. Now, do they have the same style of game? No. His game predicates to Magic Johnson's game. Michael Jordan's game is a, like a Kobe Bryant. I mean, Kobe Bryant predicated his game. But as far as talent is concerned, 
The only player we've seen that's close to Michael Jordan is LeBron James. And LeBron James is 35 years old. And a lot of people say he's on the back nine of his career. I beg to differ on that. The guy's averaging 25, 11, and 8. He's aging well. The guy has the Lakers amongst the top three teams in the Western Conference. With Anthony Davis, of course, and some of the young, some of the young players that he has, the Kyle Kuzmas of the world, and some of the veteran players they brought in to play with him. It's pretty damn remarkable after what we saw the Lakers were last year to what the Lakers are this year. They gave up four, I repeat, four of their top draft picks and a few first-round draft picks to land Anthony Davis. They gave up their whole future to win now. Believing that LeBron James has another two, three years of great basketball left inside of him. And what we're seeing is he is the MVP right now of the league. And I don't want to hear about Kawhi Leonard because so far what we've seen of Kawhi Leonard... He hasn't played enough. (laughs) So far what we've seen of Kawhi Leonard uh, that we have seen him play is he hasn't played as well as he did play with the Toronto Raptors last year. Now he's playing against better opponents, better talent. In the Western Conference. And a lot of feature games right away, too. Absolutely. And I think Kawhi Leonard is the second best player in the NBA right now. But I'm sorry, LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Hands down, not even a question. He makes everybody around him better. You can ask any player that's ever played with LeBron James, even Kyrie Irving, who wanted out of Cleveland because of LeBron James, and then went to LeBron James last year when the Celtics played the Lakers and went up to him and said, I apologize for any single thing I've ever said bad about you as a leader because being a leader is hard. And I didn't realize how hard it was to lead a basketball team until I came here to Boston and I was the number one option and I had to be the leader. This is the same guy that thought the earth was flat. (laughs) (laughs) But you look at LeBron James. LeBron James has shown you that his game has completely transitioned. He gave his number 23 to Anthony Davis because he wanted Anthony Davis to feel at home, more comfortable to play with him in Los Angeles. And in return, he said that he is no longer going to be the number one option on the Lakers. He would step, step away and be the number two or number three option and play the point guard position, which he is. But to me, the Lakers have been the most remarkable team in the Western Conference and really throughout the league. Because as much as I thought they were going to be a better team, I did not think the Lakers were going to be 12-2. and And be right now have the best record in the NBA. But the question is, is Anthony Davis and LeBron James going to be able to stay healthy all season long and keep this up, keep this pace up going towards the playoffs? Because... 
we all know the season means absolutely nothing in the NBA. And they're going to have their load, load management phase, too, like the Clippers are doing now with Kawhi and obviously with Paul George, who just came back last week. The, the Lakers are going to have that phase at some point, too, usually January, February-ish with LeBron when he tends to rest. And like you were saying, Anthony Davis, can he stay healthy a whole year because he hasn't done that yet. Now, again, they'll probably load manage him as well, too. So they're going to have their phase, too, and with that, they'll probably lose some games and other teams will gain some ground, too. It's not going to be easy for them to hold this lead by any stretch, but the dominance is definitely there. It's been pretty remarkable what the Lakers are doing right now. And right now, if you look at rosters, when the Clippers roster gets more healthier, I think the Clippers have a little bit more talent. But talent, too, right? talent doesn't win championships all the time. The thing is, though, they also have a great identity of perimeter defense, too. Which That's does, fine. Which does win in the playoffs in a three-point shooting. Look what now. the Lakers have done defensively so far this season. No, they've been phenomenal. I'm just saying... In terms of having Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, those are three of the best perimeter defenders in the league. That's in fine. Three, in a three-point shooting league. Do that in the playoffs. Okay, that's fine. Paul George, Paul George hasn't won anything. Patrick Beverly hasn't won anything. The only person on that team that's won anything is Kawhi Leonard. But Kawhi Leonard did it with a, a far less roster with the Raptors, too. I understand that. But, again, one player doesn't win championships. It's been remarkable what the Lakers have done. And that goes back to me on the New York Knicks. Now, do I think David Fisdale is the coach of the future for the New York Knicks? No, I don't. Do I think David Fisdale is going to win a championship with the New York Knicks? No, I don't. But people got to stop blaming David Fisdale right now on the Knicks record. Nobody thought the Knicks were going to win more than 17 games this year. I didn't. I told you this. I did not think the Knicks were going to win more than 17 games this year. I don't even think they're going to win that much. Right now, the Knicks are dead last in the NBA. They're 4-11. There are a couple of 4-10 and teams. They are 4-11 and right now. Actually, I'm sorry. They're the second, second worst team because the Golden State Warriors are the worst team in the NBA, which is hard to believe. They're worse than 4-11? and 11? They're 3-13. and 13. Wow. I knew they were bad. I thought they were at least something like 5-10, and 10, though. Not- what a drop-off. By the way, all you fake Golden State Warrior fans that were rooting for the Golden State Warriors, I've been a Golden State Warrior fan for years. I, I, haven't, heard, I haven't heard you guys for a while. And you know who I'm talking about. I haven't heard from you guys in a while. I don't want to hear about your Golden State Warriors. You know why? Because you'll probably be a new, you, you front runners like Mikey C. <laughs> you'll probably root on another team and say, I've been a fan of them for years. Right now, the New York Knicks need to do one thing and one thing only. Don't trade away picks. Trade away assets that you are not going to keep in the next two years. If you don't think Julius Randle is going to be on this roster in two years, at his high point at the trade deadline, you move him and get a first-round draft pick for him. He's 24 years old, great offensive player. If you don't think he fits the culture of this team for the next three years, you get rid of him. Portis, Another good player, a good bench player, a solid bench player that averaged 14 and 11 last year with Chicago. 
If you don't think Portis is part of your future, you trade him at the trade deadline and build up chips. Do you know why you build up chips? Because with those chips, in the offseason, if there is an availability of a superstar player that has no trade clause, you can make a trade and bring them in. I don't know if Portis will warrant a first-round pick, though. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about picks. Okay, just picks in general. Marcus Morris is averaging 17.8 points a game right now, or 18-point game, 18 points a game. If he keeps it up, you just sign him for one year, $15 million. If he becomes available at the trade deadline, you move him. If you can get a first-round draft. And I'm telling you right now, Marcus Morris is playing this good. You can, you can value a first-round draft pick for Marcus Morris. I don't know about a lottery pick, but you can value a, a mid or late first-round draft pick for Marcus Morris. And what you could do with that late or first-round draft pick, you can use it to move up. Or you can use it as a trade chip. The Knicks are not ready to win. A matter of fact, I don't see the Knicks winning for at least two or three more years. I think they need two more years. I think next year they add another young player to R.J. Barrett, build him. Hopefully Frank Nilakina starts to build a little bit better. I mean, he's looked a little bit better. He had 17 points the other day against Philadelphia. By the way, stinks. There's a very good chance that in two years' time, the Knicks are a playoff championship contending team. And people are going to say, well, where do you see that? It's very simple. You build around the draft. You, build, you, you land on one, which looks like you did. RJ looks like he could be a 20-10 and 10 guy. And you land a, a wing guard or a three a three-player or even a power forward that can dominate in the paint. Who's the, big, who's the big name right now in this year in the NCAA? James Wiseman. So he's the preden- – He's the expected number one overall pick. And who does he play for? Him, even so? with the scandal, Memphis. He's, Memphis. The, he's the one in the scandal right now. The scandal. What's going on with Memphis? Yeah, he is the one that – he took the money from Penny Hardaway in, uh, in high school to move over there, and obviously he signed with them now – he, they reduced the NCAA did reduce his suspension though, so he will be playing I think in January 9th or something like that. But he's supposed to be the number one overall pick, and he will be the number one overall pick. So everybody's trying to get that number one pick. So the more opportunities you have with your draft stock, you can move up. If if you get if you have a 13th pick and you have a number four pick, and you want the number one pick. Whoever, if the Knicks don't, if the Knicks don't have the number one pick, they can possibly move up and get it if they feel valued for it. So the Knicks are about two or three years away. Are we going to blame David? Oh, is it worth firing David Fisdale right now? Let's see what David Fisdale is. Right. It doesn't matter. They're not winning. They're not making the playoffs. They're not a playoff contending team, even in the Eastern Conference. They definitely are not a playoff team in the Western Conference. Oh, jeez. 
They might win four games all year if they weren't in the Western Conference. That's the way the Golden State Warriors look. And you watch. Golden State will win the lottery. They will win the lottery. And they'll have Steph Curry come back healthy next year. D'Angelo Russell. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman on that, and James Wiseman. Jeez, I could see it happening. The NBA and how the NBA works. The the NBA don't want the Knicks to be good because they rather them be the enemy. James Dolan. Why are you going to give James Dolan the best player in the draft? Why would they do that? Why would the NBA do that? Do I think the lottery is a joke? I absolutely do. It's a joke. Absolute joke. When we come back, we'll finish up with some baseball and we'll get into our picks of the week. one 9977 This is Below the Mic, and we'll be back after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Search. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and you're listening to Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host and producer of the show, Mr. Speedy Petey. He's got his own personalities. He sang. I laugh like a crow, too. Yes, you do laugh like a crow, and you you actually sang tonight. So if people want to hear the replay of Speedy singing, you have the opportunity to watch our second segment. You You will hear Speedy sing. Right in front of your very eyes. So this is uh, this is a great talent right over here. Great talent. One eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven is the number to call. As you guys know, we are live Monday through Friday from eight o'clock in the morning to ten o'clock at night. Uh, we variate our shows. Our morning show is on two days a week, soon to be three. This show in the next couple of weeks will be moved to six o'clock, and I will be adding more down to the wire shows where we'll be doing the shows Monday through Wednesday for Down to the Wire, and we'll do Below the Mic once a week. And I Below the Mic will be specifically interviewing and talking about hitting it below, you know, hitting below the belt on some of the things that are going on in sports. So we will get into that a little bit later in the next couple of weeks. I do want to get into this Yankee situation because it seems like it's a story right now that the Yankees dropped Jacoby Ellsbury. Now, Jacoby Ellsbury has been practically sitting for the last two or three years. This is, this is a guy that's been injury-prone since the Yankees brought him to the organization because they couldn't land Robinson Cano or re-sign Robinson Cano, who's now playing for the gutless New York Mets. And by the way, I like the Carlos Beltran move. I think Carlos Beltran is going to be a very good manager in the major leagues. I really do. But this, is, this isn't a story. I, right now, the New York Yankees paid Jacoby Ellsbury $156 million to sit on a bench. If that's the case, pay me. I wouldn't have even played. <laughs> pay me $50 million. I would have sat the bench as long as you wanted me to. <laughs> this man made $156 million to play, really, I don't know, 250 games? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> In seven years. 
This guy robbed the New York Yankees. He was making $23.5 million a year from the New York Yankees organization. This was the worst move in Cashman's, Cashman's general managing since he took over the team and the organization. Now, I do believe Jacoby Ellsbury is going to get a job, and I wouldn't be so surprised if he goes over there and plays in City Field because it makes sense. Either. The Mets love signing old, fragile outfielders. The Mets need a center fielder. They need a center fielder that can get on base. They need a center fielder that can move on the bases. How much is he going to move? He lost a lot of speed, too, with all the injuries he's had. Well, how do we know? He's been out of baseball for three years, so his legs are still there. Yeah, that's generally a sign that more likely it's going to regress. Well, you don't know that. No, not definitively, but I would say probably it's a 75% chance it does. This is a, ba- this is a baseball player that I think career has hit over 280. Yeah, he did win, I think, a batting title, and then he was runner-up in another. This is a guy that can hit. You put him in your lineup, in that Mets lineup, can solidify your Mets lineup, and he gives you a center fielder that can play defense, which the Mets haven't had in years. Well, no, they have one that can play defense. Yeah, but the he problem, can't hit. That's why is, I, don't, right. I, want to, I want to talk about Juan Lagares. Right. The problem is he only Juan hit Ligaris, one season. Juan Lagares is not a baseball player. He's not a professional baseball player. So right. do, not, defensive do not bring Juan Lagares into this conversation because he cannot hit. He can't do everything. So I don't even want to talk about him defensively. You're a professional baseball player. You have to hit and you have to play defense. And Juan Lagares doesn't do one. He does one, and right, he doesn't do the other. A bench player. That's why I don't think Juan Lagares is a good baseball player. So I don't even bring up Juan Lagares. And the Greg Bird situation. I mean, you knew the Nick. You knew the Yankees. I almost said the Knicks, but you knew the Yankees were going to get rid of Greg Bird. I think they sent him to, to assignments. So designated into assignment, so it means he's practically gone. I wouldn't be so surprised if the Philadelphia Phillies sign him or bring him to the organization because Joe Girardi got the most out of Greg Bird. And I could see that happening. But the New York Yankees, I think the Yankees are trying to get rid of contracts. I don't think Didi Gregorius is coming back next year. I don't. Brett Gardner's not coming back. CeCe Sabathia is not coming back. Well, he already retired. Um, he's not coming back. They're trying to make salary room for one person and one person only. They want Garrett Cole. They've come out and said it numerous amount of times that they love this kid. They drafted this kid before he decided to go play college baseball. Then he got drafted by Pittsburgh, and they tried, they tried two years ago to get Garrett Cole. But uh, the um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates wanted too much. Now that he becomes a free agent, I do not believe he's going back to Houston. No. And now with all the things that are going on in Houston... I wouldn't be so surprised if Houston starts trading away pieces. Because they're going to lose draft picks. They're going to lose a lot of money, and they're going to lose their manager for a significant amount of time. Mm -hmm. 
Right now, the Yankees are doing everything they can to open up space. And I, Mikey is right about this. Mikey C. And I hate to say that. <laughs> Mikey C. is right about one thing. That the Yankees do not want to go over the luxury tax. Even though Brian Cashman has come out and said, and Hal Steinbrenner has come out and said, that they don't care about the luxury tax. Are they that close, though? Because I know the Dodgers were right near it and the Red Sox had it at one point. They're close. And if they make a move and they sign Didi Gregorius and they, and they add Garrett Cole, they're going to be over the luxury tax. Right. I'm just saying that If they right don't now, bring Didi Gregorius, no. They, right they, now, in terms of But what, Garrett Cole's going to want $250 I know million. That. I know that. That's not my point. I think the only contract besides maybe what Araldus Chapman would get once they restructure that deal and Stanton, everything else is pretty much youngsters, really. The relievers are making – all right, they're good relievers. They're making – 12, 13 million out of Vino, Britain, those guys. The starters aren't really making much besides Tanaka just because he was an international contract, but even that's not drastic. So I think the Stanton contract is really the only thing that would hinder that luxury tax thing that much because everyone else is young on that team. By the way, I got, um, I got a message from Kenny. Till you pick a date for dinner, all messages about your show will be deleted. <laughs> so... Kenny from Upstate. Kenny's holding a grudge. <laughs> uh, and then he says, sorry, but maybe tough love will make you focus. <laughs> Hold on one second. Ken- make me focus? Kenny, do you know what I do every day? Come on, Kenny. I don't sit in front of a, com- a computer and do a podcast. I do a lot more than sit in front of a computer and make my picks. So thank you, for, thank you, Kenny, for not listening to the show, and thank you for not calling the show, and thank you for not following the show today. Thank you, Kenny. Speedy, are you ready for the music? Oh, yeah. Let's do our picks. NFL picks right now. All right, so Thursday, you already picked, you told me off air, the Texans were your pick, and they were right. They won 20-17 to 17 just a couple, just a half hour ago. So the first of the 1 o'clock games, the Broncos at the Bills. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll take the Broncos in the upset here. We, we, you and I both have said many times the Bills lose a lot of weird games late in the season, and this is one I could see. I think Phillip Lindsay has a great game in this one. Buffalo's run defense, very average. They're past uh, because they play a lot of base defenses. They have a lot of zone defenses, and Phillip Lindsay, I think, will be able to exploit it. I think their pass rush for the Broncos will be able to do well against a Buffalo Bills offensive line that is improved from last year but still isn't great. And Josh Allen, I don't think he'll be able to have the freedom to run as much because outside rushing defenses generally do well against running quarterbacks. So I think that'll end up making a difference. Low scoring, kind of eh, kind of middle scoring game. I'll take the Broncos 23-17. It looks like we have a caller. All right, let's put him through. Who do we have on? Harold, man. I want to know who, who you were going to pick to be a Yankee so I know who won't be there next year. Okay, well, I... I know the Yankees are gunning for Garrett Cole, and I think they'll make a run for Garrett Cole, but I, I do believe Garrett Cole will go to L.A., one of the L.A. teams, the Angels or the Dodgers, because he wants to move closer to home. I don't know where the Yankees are going to go as far as pitching is concerned. I, I don't think Steven Strasburg is going to go to the Yankees, because I don't think the Yankees are going to pay Steven Strasburg. And they're, I think they're probably, they're probably going to get Zach Wheeler. 
That's where I think the, the Yankees really like Zach Wheeler. They've liked Zach Wheeler since he's been a Met for the last two years. And I think that's where the Yankees are going to wind up landing. I think, hey, listen, uh, bringing in the pitching coach that they did, which was a surprise, bringing him from Cleveland. He's one of the best pitching minds in the major leagues right now. I, I think that he can help Zach Wheeler. And I think Zach Wheeler could be a guy that can come right under, you know, right under the radar and turn out to be right now. He's got as good a stuff as any one of those guys. The question is, can that stuff turn into superstar kind of stuff? I don't know, but I think that's, what's going to happen. I think Zach Wheeler is going to be a Yankee. I do not believe Garrett Cole is going to be a Yankee. And I don't believe Steven Strasburg is going to be a Yankee. I think the Yankees will get Zach Wheeler. That seals it. Then Zach Wheeler won't be a Yankee. Who else are you predicting? Who else am I predicting? Uh, that's it. I think Zach. Wheeler, I'm just using the I'm just using the Manny Machado, Patrick Corbin model to find out who won't be a Yankee next you're year. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You know. You know what you need. You need a good kick in the ass. How's Rhode Island? You idiot. Uh, no, I leave Monday. Oh, you leave Monday. So why don't you come up here? You're going to Rhode Island. It's not far from us. Yeah. No, I'm I'm doing the degenerate tour all week, man. Oh yeah. What are you going to play some golf? No, golf, dude. Dude, I wouldn't even be going up there if I was going to play golf. Why would I do that? It's cold. Uh, it's not that cold right now. How, how cold is it? Yeah, it's it's 50, not golf weather. No, but it's 56 degrees. I, I have a friend that's playing golf today. He played golf today. Wow. Mm, that's insane. Yeah, but it's not that cold. It wasn't cold today. Mm. Define not that cold. I mean, I've been living here a 56. long time now, man. So. I know, I know, I know, I know. You want to do your picks with us? Errol's also the other extreme where he's, he's not cold in, in this weather. I'm really not. It's not really cold. I mean, right now it's 56 on Friday, 47 on Saturday, 48. That's cold. 50, 54, 57, 47. 47 is, is cold. I mean. No, when I, no, when I lived in, in Massachusetts, you know, yeah, that's not all that cold. Like, I, I get it, right? But, like, you know, I've been living here so long now that, ooh, forget about it. I wouldn't survive. You're right. I, I I don't know if you would you would want to play golf in in 56 weather coming from Florida when you you could be playing uh, in 74 or 78 degree weather. So you're absolutely right. Absolutely. I right. mean, it's just a different you know it's just a different kind of world when you've been living here so long that like you know I mean your blood really thins out and like you know things get cold, my man. I want to ask you one question before we get into back to our picks. Uh, what do you think about this whole Miles Garrett raci- racial slurs uh, he claims Mason Rudolph was uh, saying to him? All right. So, uh, you know, I mean, who knows if it's true or not true or whatever. And, you know, they're not, um, I guess, equitable words by any means. But you could definitely tell that, my, uh, that Mason Rudolph called uh, – who was the guy that hit him from behind? Um – Hit him from behind. Well, during that play, no, during that play, the Speedy. dude that came up, run, ran up from out of out of bio or out of 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 out That was that was very clear that you could see after out of 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 We've heard so many stories. Bart Scott used to say that he, he said some, so many derogatory things at the line of scrimmage. Derogatory things before, before the, the... Yeah, but we live in a different world now, and you know that. And, and the yeah. NFL has made a rule. Here, here's the difference. The NFL has definitely made a rule that if you say the N-word, 
it's a penalty. Oh, absolutely. So we can't. So we can't. We can't sit here and go. Oh well, Bart Starr used to do this and that. Well, yeah, they also didn't have that rule back then. You know, like it, it, it's a different world as far as that goes now. You know, so you can't. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I mean, I think it's definitely possible that he could have. But that gives him a right to hit you with a helmet. Hey, man. I, I don't even want to ask you because you don't even think it's assault. That's absolutely no, no, no. Well, well, well. Let's use your example, yes. right? Let me let me just let me just say this to you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you know, because you're like, oh, if we were out in the streets and took a helmet, it would be assault. What do you think would happen if you just walked up to a African American gentleman on the street and called him the N word? Um, it depends on the African American. Pretty sure he'd be still swinging that helmet at you. Uh, that doesn't mean that he would be. It's not. It's it's not something that you should be saying. And you know what would happen to him if he was swinging that helmet? What I mean, he'd be going to jail. I mean, I I get what you're saying, but it still doesn't change the fact that, like, he, you know, he could have said it. He could not have said it. I don't know. Maybe Why do you need Gary's- a? You're a, you're you're twice the size of Mason Roth. Why don't you throw your fist? I mean, that's not like hitting a helmet. I mean, like, a helmet is five pounds, okay? When you, when you collide with that, that's like a weapon. That's like a, that's like a brick, like, like right. Speedy was saying. Right. A, a helmet is six pounds, or a helmet is five pounds, and a brick, a brick if you threw it at someone, is six pounds, and that's a weapon. That's vicious. That's being I mean, vicious. I, I get it, but, you know, and we do live in a different time, but is that... Was what he did worse or not worse than what Marty McSorley did? <laughs> Back with the Marty McSorley thing. Oh, my God. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. Dude, generally, things that happen on the field are not looked at the same as if we were walking down the street and I just whacked you in the head with a helmet. The league is different so, now. And When Marty McSorley played, the, the game, hockey was completely different. If, if, if Marty McSorley did that in hockey now, he would have been suspended for the season. I mean, well, look, that's what he was. That's that's what that's what the punishment was, even then when he did it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It might have been. Maybe it would have been worse. Maybe he'd be kicked out of hockey for good. I mean, look what Todd. I said this again. Todd Berduzzi. I mean, what he did was abs- was absolutely worse than Marty McSorley did. Absolutely worse. I mean, what he did to that kid. I think he paralyzed that kid. I mean, so. I'm just I'm just going off of, you know, you're going, oh, it's a weapon. What's more of a weapon than a hockey stick slash to the head? I understand. I understand what you're saying, but, again, my argument to you is the game has completely changed, and football is trying to protect the players, and they're trying to find ways to protect the damn freaking quarterback. And I mean, he- I like it because I like a mean streak in my players. I want, dude, I want Miles Garrett and Vontez Burfecht on the same defense. That oh, would be God. great. Oh, God. I like a defense with a mean streak. No, that's a real mean streak. That would be a scary mean streak. Those guys will probably be serial killers by the time the game is over. I mean, right. These... The ghost of Aaron Hernandez lives within those players. <laughs> the ghost of Aaron Hernandez. Oh, my God. Which they're saying, by the way, they did a test on his brain that he, they believe he had CTE. No, they, he, they don't believe he had CTE. He had the worst case of CTE ever recorded. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Yep. 
I mean, they've already done the the study on his brain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was that came out a long time ago. No, but, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I mean, about, yeah. But but here's the paradox that's within this whole situation: you and I and many others have complained. Mm-hmm. And I believe rightfully so that the game has gotten too soft. It you has. can't touch the quarterback. You can't mm-hmm. do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can't overreact and complain too much that Miles Garrett does something like that. Hitting That's somebody with a helmet? All right. You know what I'm going to yeah. do? You know what I'm going to do? I, when, I, when I see you, Jeff, I'm going to just take my baseball bat and swing you in the back of the head. and say, well, well. You piss I me mean, off. You, you, you look weird. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to knock you I out mean, with a baseball bat. Again, not the same circumstances. Yeah, but it, it is. Because in my eyes, you're practically hitting somebody because he said something derogatory to you. Okay? If he did, which has not, it has not come out that say that any of that is true. Because I've heard through whatever we've, we've seen so far on social media that the NFL has investigated, and it's completely untrue. So, I mean, we'll never, we'll ne- we're never going to know the answer to that. You're unless, absolutely right. We're absolutely unless right. someone was to like either say, "Yeah, he's." I mean, dude, there's only four people that know, right? Yes, and three of them are Steelers. Yep. So we will see. We will see. Know. Why don't we? Why don't we do our picks? Why don't you join us? Awesome. All right. So we're we. I picked Broncos Bills already. You want to go next? Go, ahead, Jeff. Or you want to, you want Jeff to go? All right. Uh, Broncos at the Bills. Yep. Mm-hmm. Layup, give me the Bills. I like the Bills are yeah, the Bills are a much better team than people think that they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Brown is kind of coming into his own. Josh Allen is starting to feel himself. I like the Bills in this game and Denver stinks. I like the Bills in this game, too. I like what they're doing defensively. This is one of the best defenses in the league. They can get to the quarterback. They're very good in the flat, defending the flat. The secondary has played very, very well, which everybody expected them to do, which is one of the most underrated secondaries in football this year. And by the way, Josh Allen, you're right, has looked really, really good and very impressive, especially in the fourth quarter and the last couple of games. He's been very impressive. I like what the Bills are doing. I like their running game. I like what... I like what they could do as far as um, in the flats offensively. And they, we've seen, even though going into the season, their wide, receiver, they've, their wide receiving core got better. We, I didn't expect the wide receivers to have the seasons that they've had this year. They've looked very, very good with Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen and the Bills 24-17 in this game. All right, Buccaneers and Falcons. This one I think will be a shootout pretty easily. I'm going to take the Falcons just because I think the Buccaneers' defense is more predicated on the run defense. Their run defense is still really good, and the Falcons are not going to run the ball. They have no Devontae Freeman. They have Brian Hill starting at running back, and then the backup is a rookie from Pitt, I think, who was a fifth-round pick or something like that. So they're not going to run the ball much at all. I think the receivers just play well. That secondary now, no Vernon Hargraves for Tampa. He got waived. It's all the youngsters all at once. So it'll be close. Falcons defense has struggled at times this year, but I'm going to take them at home, 35-27. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I mean, this game isn't going to be close. This game, this game, this is this is what Jameis Winston does. He wins games that are meaningless, right? Mm-hmm. And the Falcons stink. The, the Buccaneers still have Godwin and Evans and some good players. Give me the Buccaneers in this game. I really like Atlanta in this game. I Atlanta last two weeks have played very, very, very well defensively. They beat. Two really good teams in the last two weeks, not even at home, away, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive. Their defense is really showing up. 
in the first couple of in the first couple of quarters, which they have not done in really the whole season. And I do believe that Matt Ryan has not had his best game yet this year. I think against the Buccaneers, he will have his best game, even though the Buccaneers' run defense is one of the best in the league. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna run the ball precisely in this game. I think they're gonna throw the ball. They're gonna air it out. Calvin Ridley's going to have a good game. Julio Jones will have a good game. I really, really like Atlanta in this game. I think Atlanta could really win out their games this year. I think they've been very impressive. That's not going to keep Quinn's job, by the way. Quinn will still be fired at the end of the season. But give me the Falcons in this game. I think the Falcons will win the game 28-21. All right. Oakland Raiders at the New York Jets. I'm sorry, Errol, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to take the Jets. Uh, I know you want them to lose so they get a better draft, but I think they win this game. The Raiders, I think, are too hot. I think everyone's getting overhyped on them. I think this is where they start to fall apart a little bit, kind of level out to the team they were supposed to be. And plus, the, the Jets, they've looked good the last couple of weeks. Sam Darnold's looked a lot better. The Raiders' pass rush isn't really scary, where I think they'll be able to be a dominant force against the Jets' obviously terrible offensive line. And their secondary, like I was saying with the Buccaneers, they lo- they traded Gary on Conley for whatever reason. It's not very good right now. And the Jets, while their receivers aren't great either, Jamison Crowders has stretched the field a lot more. Robbie Anderson's gotten some big plays. So I think it'll be just enough for them to win this game. I think the Jets' defense, they've been really good against the run. I think they'll be able to, be able to contain Josh Jacobs as well, which will make it hard for them to have a well-rounded offense. And I really do think the Raiders are too hot. So I'm going to take the Jets in the upset here, 24-20. to 20. No way I'm taking. No way I'm taking the Jets in this game. They are, no offense, not a good football team. They stink, and they're trying to get a better draft pick. And the Raiders are better, dude. The one thing people are not doing right now that people should be doing is giving John Gruden a little more credit. Everyone was questioning what he was doing, trading Khalil Mack and trading all these guys away. Well, they're a playoff contender a whole lot sooner than anyone thought that they would be. So give me the Raiders in this game because the Jets are terrible. Yeah, I agree with you right now. I don't I don't think the Jets are any good. I, I like what I've seen with Sam Darnold in the last couple of weeks. And I think Sam will have a good game, but I don't think the Jets are any good. I don't think their defense has proven anything to me so far this season. Jamal Adams has looked good on the edges. I, I do th- I think you're going to see a lot of Jamal Adams trying to get to the quarterback, but they have no pass rush. And, and, and up the gut, uh, Quinn and Williams is getting triple teamed, double teamed on every single play. If they don't push the pile, they're not going to get to um, Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is going to eat them up alive in the open field. And I like, I like what I've seen with the Oakland Raiders. Not both tight ends have looked really, really good, and one of them is just—he's he, a superstar waiting to happen. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. And, and and here's the thing: the Oakland Raiders front seven has looked really, really good this season. This is a team that's really rebuilding this this defensive line, and they look better and better every single week. Give me the Oakland Raiders in this game, 24-17. Panthers at the Saints. I'll take the Saints, and I'm going to take them pretty big in this one. The Panthers' defense looked really good at the start of the year, but they sort of come back down to earth now. They're surprisingly bad against the run, which I can't understand with that front seven. They are, I think they're in the bottom ten in terms of run defense, and that's not a good look. The Saints have two good running backs of the good offensive line, even losing Andres Pete. I don't think that really makes that much of a difference. I think the Panthers will hold them, keep it close to the red zone at times, but 
the, people forget the Saints defense has done really well too this year. They're not just an offensive team anymore. The Saints without Marshawn Lattimore held those two talented Tampa Bay receivers both under, I think, 70 yards and to 17 points as a whole. So that, that's impressive in itself. And Carolina's, outside of Christian McCaffrey, their offensive talent is not anywhere close to that. So I'm going to take the Saints kind of big at home, 26-14. Yeah, give me the give me the Saints in this game. They're 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 a lot better team than people think that they are, and their strength is their run defense. So I don't really expect Christian McCaffrey to have his usual big day. He'll probably reel off some some good yardage and, and have a decent day, but I don't think it'll be his usual production. Give me the Saints. Yeah, I would agree with you, Jeff. I, I like the Saints in this game. The Saints, they're all over the place offensively in the last couple of weeks. I think Drew Brees looked better last week. He was more consistent last week. I think he's going to throw the ball. He's going to air the ball out this week. And here's the thing. The Saints' defense is one of the best in the league. They can get to the quarterback. They can cause havoc in the middle. They do a lot of things well. And Alvin Kamara is a beast. Give me the Saints in this game. 24-14. Dolphins at the Browns. First game for the Browns without Miles Garrett now. And honestly, I I, I, I say this for the Steelers, too. I think both those teams are already looking ahead. So that's why I think this game will actually be pretty close. But the Dolphins are still tagging. So the Browns will win this game. Very sloppy. I don't think it'll be a blowout like people expect. I'll say 23-14 Cleveland. I mean, is this even worth talking about? I mean, the, the Dolphins are tr- actively trying to lose. So give me the Browns. They they got too much to prove. It's it's the Browns. I'm not even gonna waste my time with this. Oh yes, it's it's going to be the Browns. The Browns need this game if they have any chance of making the playoffs, especially in that division. And and here's wow. the thing. And, and Miami, I'm sorry. In Miami, and, and you look at what Miami has done so far this year. They're like you said. They're trying to lose, and I believe that Miami is trying to get. Tua, I, I think they've been trying to do this, even though I think Herbert... That's not happening. I know that's not going to happen, but I don't think Tua's going to be... I don't think Tua's going go into the draft this year. That's what I think, but again, mm. I think Herbert is the best quarterback in this coming draft, and I, I, I do believe Miami's trying to get that number one pick, but I think the Bengals are going to get the number one pick. But the Bengals probably won't take Tua, though. They probably would How do you know? I think that every, all the reports... No, I think the Bengals are going to get Herbert. I think that, or Burrow, too. I think... He's Ohio. Bengals will get Joe Burrow. That's what I think, too. That's what it's leaning on right now. I like the Browns in this game. I'm going to say the Browns win 28-10. All right, now we'll go to the other end of the AFC North spectrum with that fight. Steelers and the Bengals. And like I said before, I think the Steelers, especially being the one victimized by this whole situation, they're already looking ahead to the Browns. I think they played down on the Bengals, and I think the Bengals win the game as a result. Plus, the Steelers' offense, they don't really have a lot to match up against that Bengals' bad run defense. James Conner's been in and out with injury. Jalen Samuels, who knows what he is. And again, they're going to have no Marquise Pouncey in that game. He's suspended. So, good luck against Geno Atkins and their other good interior rushers inside. And Cincinnati's receivers, I think, could play well, too. So, I really do think they win this game. Mike Tomlin has been known to have to play down to teams a lot. And I really think they're just really ready for that Week 13 matchup against the Browns. They just want revenge on them so badly that they're going to look past the Bengals. Bengals get their first win, 20-13. to 13. Go ahead, Jeff. There's no way the Bengals are winning this football game. I think you're high, Speedy. You should be. This network should have drug testing. That's absurd. There's, there's zero chance that happens. Give so, me anyone who plays the Bengals. So who do you have? Whoever's playing the Bengals. 
Oh my god. Ah, uh, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Bengals are terrible. Yeah, so you you won't even give them a chance? Nope. Not a chance. Zero chance. Well, here's the problem. I, I think Pittsburgh, even though they they've looked better ever since they've made some trades and added some secondary help, I don't trust Mason Rudolph. I really don't. And I, I this offensive line this year has not looked good. They really have. They haven't protected Mason Rudolph ever since the injury of Ben, ben Roethlisberger. And I think they have a lot of weaknesses. Their wide receiving has not been good because Mason Rudolph can't get them the ball. And I think it's a huge problem. I think the Bagels will have a chance to win this game, even though they're 0-10. But I still think they're going to be undefeated. I, I do believe Pittsburgh will win this game just because the Bengals are just really that bad. And by the way, Mixon had his first running touchdown last week, which is incredible for the talent that he is. And everybody thought he was going to be one of the top three running backs you in the league. Too. You yeah, I, I thought he was. That. I remember that. I thought Mixon was going to be a beast this year. I mean, this this offense. I, I believe the that coach line is, is still terrible. I believe that coach is going to get fired. By the way, after one but, year. Yeah, after one year. Really? Yes, I have the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game, twenty-seven fourteen. All right, Giants at the Bears. This game's going to be close. This game is going to be sloppy. Uh, it'll be close for a little while just because Chicago's offense still isn't very good. But the problem is the Giants' defense is, isn't either. That secondary has been putrid all year. The Giants do not have the outside rushers to attack the Bears. Awful tackles. And their outside run defense has struggled too. So I think you'll see another good game from Tariq Cohen. He had a nice game against the Rams. I don't really think who starts the quarterback's really going to matter. He'll make his throws at times. He'll have some turnovers at times. But the thing is, the Bears' defense is going to feast on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been turnover prone already. The Giants' offensive line is still terrible. I think their defense and their special teams will get them a lot of short fields in this game. It'll be close for a while. I think the Bears will run away with it in the fourth quarter. 26-10, to 10, Chicago. Yeah, that's not happening. Give me Danny Dimes and anything he does. He's on it so far. He's playing well so far. You love and the Bears stink. You love you love Danny Dimes. You really love him. I think I think he's a good football player. What's I do. Wrong with, what's wrong do with too. thinking he's a good football player? I think he's a good football player too. I I thought he was a good pick. I've said that over and over again. I think he's a good pick. I like the Giants I mean, in this game too. I really do. I like the Giants in this game. I don't trust Chicago this year. They they have not looked good offensively. Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell Trubinsky is a game-time decision. You don't even know if he's going to play in the game. And if he does, he hasn't looked good. His hip hasn't been healthy. And I don't want to hear the excuses. Their secondary has not looked good this year, the Chicago Bears. They can get the pass rush, but if they can somewhat block Khalil Mack, they can stop that defensive line. And I don't like their offense. I don't like Trubinsky uh, right now, even though I, I, I really like him as a quarterback the last couple of years. He has not looked good. And I like Danny Dons, and I like this offense. I think he's going to make plays. And I think Ingram's going to be a huge problem in the middle of the field. Give me the Giants in this game. I think the Giants are going to win the game 24-21. There you go. People Come over was, to the dark side. People thought I was crazy when saying Vic Fangio would make that deep, uh, losing Vic Fangio would make that secondary worse. All right. Uh, no, not the last of one of the clock games. Seahawks and Eagles, a pretty big one o'clock game. This is interesting. This could definitely go either way. Philly, I think, proved a lot, though, against the Patriots. Everyone was concerned about their defense, especially in their secondary, and they did well against those Patriots receivers, and that's a, that's a good sign. You saw what they did last year in the second half, and I think that'll help them win this game here, along with, obviously, the run defense and pass rush, which has always been good. Seattle, I know their road, I, I've said this many times, their narrative they can't win on the road is gone this year. They're undefeated on the road. 
That being said, I also think they're due at the same time. They're off a bye week. They came off that big win against the 49ers. They're going to lose a little momentum, I think. And I think that'll end up hurting them as a whole. And I think the Eagles, they really need this game. They're fighting with Dallas in the East. And like I said, that defense made a little bit of progress. They'll be able to stop the run. The Seahawks are still more of a running team, even with Russell Wilson getting big plays. And he'll get his big plays for sure. But I think Philly will get theirs as well. I think they'll be able to run the ball in this game. And that offensive line can protect. So I'll take the Eagles very close game, 23-21. This is it, man. This is it. This is the start of it. This is the start of, like, my season. This is all that matters to me right now. Here we go. The, the Eagles are winning this football game because the Cowboys are not making the playoffs. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. This is, the, this is the start of the run that we've all been waiting for. It starts right now. Well, what you've been waiting for because you don't want to see the Cowboys make the playoffs. Well, it's also Dude, the last the hard game of the year. The, Eagles. the Cowboys are not making the playoffs. Anyone that thinks so is crazy. Well, I guess you think the Beave is crazy, <laughs> dude. If, if Jeff said the beef, ma- if Jeff said the Beave was crazy, that would be being nice. <laughs> yeah, like- they are n- yeah. not making the playoffs. Give me the Eagles by a trillion. They're going to break the scoreboard. They're going to make Russell Wilson look like a child. It's it's just in the cards this year. That's it. That's what it is. It's destiny. I like the Eagles in this game too. They're at home. Uh, I think they're going to be able to run against the Seattle Seahawks. I, I, here's the thing. Seattle has a problem on the outside with running backs and, in, you know, in the backfield. I think they're going to use that to their advantage. Philadelphia likes to run up the gut. They're going to cause a lot of havoc in different ways. And Deshaun Jackson might be back this week. And if he's back, that could be danger. Danger for Seattle. I, I really, really like Philadelphia in this game. Philadelphia looked really, really good. Last week, they're getting healthier. They're going to be dangerous as the season progresses on in week number 11. So, I mean, week 12. So, I really, really like the Eagles. I'm going to pick the Eagles in this game. It's going to be close. 28-24. All right, last of the 1 o'clock games. Another meaningless one. Lions at the Redskins. This is sloppy. This could go either way. I'll take Detroit, though, because the Redskins secondary has not been trustworthy at all. Lions secondary has struggled too, but a problem is the Redskins receiving talent is nothing special outside of Terry McLaurin, so that's going to be very hard to come by. Darius Geis plays well for the Redskins. Haskins has some throws, but that's about it. I'll take Detroit, even with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, to have a big day through the air with those receivers. 27-20, Lions. Of course Detroit's winning this game. The Redskins stink. Their owner is the most pathetic piece of trash in any own, I shouldn't say any league, James Dolan still exists. But he's the, he's, he's the worst owner in the NFL for sure. So, I I mean, it's, yeah, it's not even close. Don't even, the Redskins aren't even a threat. Jeff, did you hear Errol try to defend him on Monday? Yes. <laughs> he tried to defend him. I, I don't think James Dolan is a bad owner. I really don't. I just think uh, he has a problem picking GMs and, and thinking that these GMs are going to rebuild the team. I bring in a young guy that actually understands how to draft and understands the the understanding not trading away draft pick tra- draft picks for no damn reason. That's the problem with the Knicks. I think they're doing the right thing right now, building around the draft. It could take a little bit longer to be a good team, but you're doing the right thing. I think they got the right guys in place. I think Scott Perry's the right guy in place. I think he's doing the right thing. I 
I he opens up his pocket. I don't think in basketball, if you open up your pocket, you spend the money. I don't. I don't think it makes you a bad. So this owner. is football picks. When did you become such a snowflake? All of a sudden, you're defending James Dolan. No, because 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 he said uh, I was defending uh, Dan James Snyder Dolan. too. <laughs> I did. Both of, both I don't of think them. Dan Snyder is that that bit of an owner too. He opens his pockets. I really don't. Yes, it pays ten million dollars more than the market. Well, that's what he likes to do. He likes to open up his pockets. I like Detroit in this game. I, I Detroit so much better than Washington. Washington looked really bad against the Jets. The Jets com- completely blew him out of the water. And if the Jets are completely blowing him out of the water, uh, Detroit's going to make him look like a bunch of little girls on a football field against a bunch of men. Give me Detroit in this game. I think Detroit blows them out. 40 to, like, 17. All right, first of the 4 o'clock games, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. These two, these two play very wacky games. I think this is very interesting. This could go either way. And I think both these teams will be interesting to watch in the second half to potentially steal that second wild card spot. I'm going to take Jacksonville in this game. I think their run defense has been better, with the exception of last week. They have been better throughout this year. And I, Derrick Henry, ever since what he did last year, has been a pinpoint of focus for, Jacks, uh, for Jacksonville's defense. The Titans have had issues with their offensive line. And I think while the receivers have made some progress at times, that's still a tough secondary for, for Jacksonville, even without Jalen Ramsey. So I think it'll be very close. I'll take Jacksonville 20-17. to 17. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I'm struggling with this one, I think. Both these teams have what been did you defenses. take, Speedy? I took Jacksonville. Very close. This could go either way. Didn't these two teams just play last week? No, they played week three. That was Gardner Minshew's first start, and he won the game. Oh, okay. Uh, Titans I, were on by last give, week, too. So. Give me Jacksonville in this game. I, I just have to believe Nick Foles is going to show up and do something. I, you know, I mean, they paid him all that money. He's a pretty good quarterback. I'll, I'll, I'll take Jacksonville in this game. I like Jacksonville in this game. Nick Foles is back. He's gonna get. Uh, he's gonna make this team a lot better. Jacksonville's defense is explosive. They can get you in every direction of the field, and their secondary, even losing Jalen Ramsey, has looked still pretty good. I think this is a very good secondary, and this is a very good team. Even though they're four, four and six, it doesn't. I mean, the record doesn't show that. I think Nick Foles will make them a better team this week. They don't have a lot of hard games left either. I mean, they're. They're going to be right on the cusp of possibly sneaking into the playoffs. And if they do, you beware of this defense. This defense is really good. I got Jacksonville in this game. Jacksonville will win this game. I think the defense is going to win the game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Give me Jacksonville 20-10. to 10. All right. Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots. Oh, we know what's going to happen on this one. We all know who Jeff's picking, and I'm going to agree with him. I'll take the Patriots pretty big in this game. I think it'll be close for a little while through three quarters, but again, I think the Cowboys... Could you imagine Dak Prescott beats the, the Patriots? I, again, I... How much it crap... Actually, how it, much crap... It actually has a really good shot of happening. I think it's hard, though, for the Cowboys to play like the way they did in, in the last couple of weeks. The Patriots, they love to double-triple-team your number one receiver and Amari Cooper, and they're going to do that. And while they got away with it last week against the Lions secondary, I don't think they'll be able to get away with it against Jason McCourty and those safeties, those... Uh, 
coverage linebackers, and even Jonathan Jones has been a really good slot corner this year, too. So I don't think they'll be able to get away with it with having Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb make plays like that. I think he'll, they'll give Zeke some running lanes in the beginning of the game, and they'll just stop him when they need to. P- Patriots offense will struggle at times, but the problem is Dallas's defense hasn't really looked good either. Their secondary depth has struggled, and their run defense has struggled. Don't be surprised and if not, Sonny, Sonny Michelle bounces nope. back. Not for nothing, speeding no late in Van Der Esch this week. Right, so that's going to make it even harder. I think Sony Michelle actually plays well in this game, too. Brady plays well enough. I'll take the Patriots kind of big, even though the score uh, the score will be big. The game will be a little closer through three quarters. But I'll take the Patriots 26-13. Yeah, I think this, is, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. You know, the, the matchup comes down to this. The, the Dallas strength is exactly the Patriots' weakness because the Patriots' offensive line is horrific. They are terrible. Marshall Newhouse, get that guy out of there. He's horrible. Awful. I remember him with the Giants. He was awful. He's the worst, the worst player I've ever seen. Didn't they uh, uh, reactivate Isaiah Wynn, though? They did, but do you know what you're getting in Isaiah Wynn? He missed all of last year with an Achilles tear. And he played all of two games this year. I think anything's so, better than Marshall Newhouse, though. I, listen, I can agree with that. He's just horrific. But, you know, styles make fights, man. That's that's what happens. And, and you know, the, the Dallas uh, strength is their pass rush. That's the Patriots' weakness right now. So, I, man, I, I'm going to obviously take the Patriots because I hate the beeve and I hate, uh, you know, everything that he's about. He's just a, a horrific human being. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it'll, I think it'll be, I think it'll be really, really, really close. So give me New England and I'm going to say 2420. Oh, horrific human being. I think this he is, is going to be the worst. He's I, insufferable. I think this is going to be a close game as well. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the Patriots' weakness is the Cowboys' strength, and, and I think that will be a problem. And Dak Prescott looked good last week. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against the New England secondary. That's going to be the problem against – this is the best secondary in football right now. Uh, they've really proved it the last couple of weeks on why uh, I believe this is the best secondary in football. But, again, Dallas will keep it close. But, again, it's in New England. New England is very hard to beat New England. It's going to be very, very cold up there. On Sunday, possible snow. So, give me New England in this game. I think it'll be close. I'm going to say 18 to 14. Wacky score. I like it. All right, Sunday Night Football. This one has game of the week potential. Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Best game of the week. This one is going to be very good. This is going to be very close. I think this will be a touchdown game. Both teams have some good matchup advantages. Green Bay, young receivers. I think will play well in this game against a Niners secondary that started to show some leaks recently. They've they struggled last week against Arizona, who's very similar young receivers. Aaron Rodgers, good primetime quarterback, and that pass blocking offensive line for Green Bay with those two tackles is very good. So I I think they'll be able to do a better job against the 49ers pass rush than most. The Niners will get some matchup advantages on the ground. I think Tevin Coleman has a big game, but the problem is George Kittle. Even if he does play, he's not 100%. That's the matchup, I think, if he, they had him 100%, they would be able to exploit and win the game. I think without him, it's going to be very hard because those receivers are not very good. And Green Bay's secondary is fast, too. Even though they have smaller corners, the 49ers have smaller receivers. That'll kind of cancel out, and I trust the Packers' corners a little more. 
And I, it just as a primetime quarterback, I trust Aaron Rodgers a little more than Jimmy G, even though Jimmy G's been good in a short stint so far. I'll take Green Bay very, uh, not very close, but close game, 27-20. I mean, I, I, you know, I, you're going to laugh and call me crazy, but I, I think San Francisco's been overrated thus far. Uh, I, you know, they haven't really played anyone good. They're, they're beating... Very marginal teams by close scores. They've they've had they've needed to beat the, the Cardinals in the last minute twice this year. That's not all that great. Arizona's had a good game plan for them, yeah. I mean, they have, but I mean, when you're a good team, you're supposed to you're supposed to take care of those opponents, though. And they haven't. They've been struggling and getting very lucky against inferior opponents. So give me Green Bay in this one. Uh, I, I just don't. Don't see them continuing this hot streak they're on. So give me Green Bay. I got Green Bay in this game, too. As much as I like San Francisco and, and their defense has looked great in certain aspects of the game week after week, the last couple of weeks, their front seven has not looked good. And Nick Bosa, they teams are taking Nick Bosa out of the game, which leaves the other defensive players to try to get to the quarterback, and they're just not getting to the quarterback. And against the Green Bay Packers, I think this front seven is one of the most underrated front sevens in football. I think they're going to get to Jimmy Garoppolo and putting Jimmy Garoppolo under pressure. We've seen in the last couple of weeks he's made a lot of mistakes. Give me the Green Bay Packers and about about Aaron. Aaron's going to run all over the Green Bay, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Jones. Yes. All right. He is going to run all over San Francisco's defense. Green Bay wins this game 24 21. All right, Monday Night Football, Ravens at the Rams. This is going to be the biggest upset of the week. Really? Yes. Um, I'm not going for the upset here. I'm taking the Ravens. I think defensively, I think the Rams can play well because I think Wade Phillips is very creative. I think you'll see a lot of three safety looks, kind of like what the Chargers did in the playoff game to try to contain Lamar Jackson. The problem is, one, they're – Outside linebackers aren't that good to be able to get that outside rush on Lamar Jackson, so he'll get his at times. And I do think the other running backs will play well, too, for the Ravens. So that's one end of it. And then defensively, too, the Ravens, with that, with them getting interior rush guys back, Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams against an offensive line in the Rams that has really struggled much of the year. They still got those outside rushers. I think Rob Havenstein is still out for the Rams, so that'll hurt. And Todd Gurley was big for them the last two weeks. I don't think he'll be big again. The Ravens' run defense is top five in football. And besides Nick Chubb, nobody else has been able to run on them this year. So that'll make their offense one-dimensional. Still with Brandon Cooks out, that's not a good sign. And that Ravens secondary, they're getting people back too. It'll be close for a little while, but I think the Ravens pull away late, 24-13. to 13. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, the, the, the Rams have been struggling all season. And, you know, I don't know why. I just kind of, I just feel like you can't last this long. Like, I feel like they're too good to be this questionable for this long. So, for no inexplicable freaking reason that I would be able to explain to you, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams, too. It's so funny. Eric Weddle won't give up the Ravens' secrets to the Rams, which I don't understand. I feel like he's doing it anyway, though. I, I think he's saying he's not, but I feel like he's still doing it. it it's weird. I, I, he Does he love the Ravens that much? He was only there for a couple of years. Yeah, two years. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And Eric Weddle is, I think, a Hall of Fame safety. He has been a fantastic safety in his league with San Diego, then went to the Ravens, now with the Rams. And the Rams... I don't think they're out of the playoffs yet, and I think the Rams are going into this game. Even if the Ravens lose this game, they're probably going to be the second seed in the in the AFC. 
I just, I, I just, something tells me that the Rams are going to play very good defensively against the Ravens. They're going to shut down Lamar Jackson, something that a lot of teams have not done this year. And they're going to shut down that running game. I really do believe they're going to shut down a running game. And by the way, I am not a Jared Goff fan, but I think this offense is going to have a fantastic week. I think they're going to throw over 350 yards. He's going to, Jared Goff's going to throw at least two touchdowns in this game, and they're going to be able to run, which they haven't done all year. Give me the Rams for the last game of the week, 30 to 20. Okay. Interesting. And that's it. Jeff, have anything to say before we let you go? Yeah, the Cowboy fans are just the worst people on the planet. <laughs> uh, name I'm, me a worse, Errol, name me a worse fan base. I will tell you this. I'm not a big uh, Cowboys fan myself. I don't hate the Cowboys. I, I don't like the Patriots, as everybody knows, but that's just because I'm a Jet fan. But, right, but, but here's the thing, though, right? Like, here's the thing about it. If it weren't for the Cowboys fans, would anyone hate the Cowboys? <laughs> I guess not. I mean, <laughs> I guess not. The media does I mean, but that's, them that's the thing, right? Too, People hate the Patriots for, for one specific reason. They're winning too much. They're just winning too much. People are tired of them. They're burnt out on the day. You know, like, everyone liked Kansas City last year because, you know, they were an exciting team. They had, you know, they hadn't won a lot. They were underdogs. People liked them. The, the Patrick Mahomes thing, people liked them. People don't like the Patriots because they win too much. They're sick of Tom Brady. They're, they just want it to be all. Dude, you literally have national writers like Rob Parker and people like that just rooting to the demise of the Patriots because they win too much. The only thing that people hate about the Dallas Cowboys is their fan base. Well, they tend to get overhyped the, by the media every year, too. Dude, it, it's, they, they, but that's the thing about it, right? This team stinks. They're terrible, but when you talk to Cowboys fans, they think they're the best team on the planet that they should win every week. They're awful. Well, they, you, I can absolutely agree with you. And you know who's also like that? The Pittsburgh Steelers. The fans. That I, I'm not a big Pittsburgh Steelers I always fan. argue with Steelers fans on social media all the time. Every, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Every preseason, because I'm, I'm, I've tended to be down on them the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So that, that's another team. And the San Francisco 49ers. All of a sudden, the San Francisco 49er fans are coming out of nowhere uh, thinking that this is the Joe Montana San Francisco 49ers and that they're unbeatable. I mean, give me a break. This is, this is a team that has a tremendous amount of weaknesses. And just because they're 9-1, look at the teams they've played so far this year. Nothing. I mean, they've, they've they played. they got a historically tough stretch. Yes. Packers, Ravens, Saints coming up. But it's like, look at what happens when, like, any team loses, right? Like, the Patriots lost to the, to the Ravens. You know what happened? Patriots fans took their cap and they said, hey, we're a pretty good team. It takes a pretty good effort to beat us. No one complained, right? What happens when Dallas loses to, like, a crappy team? Their fans call in. Oh, excuses, uh, it was yes. all the reps' fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got robbed. Dude, Dallas stinks, and every time they lose... There's some just, horrific excuse just hope, Just hope the Patriots win this game because you know damn well if the Cowboys win this game and find a way to win this game, the Beav will be in here the next day telling you, I told you, I told you, Jeff. The Beav will sneak on air and he'll host his own two-hour show. Yep, he well, will. For, but, right, but, but, here, but here's the thing to that, right? Here's, here's what's funny. The Patriots are a playoff team. 
the Cowboys, they might not be. And if you go back to last year, who won the Super Bowl last year, Arrow? The Patriots. And, and, and how many losses did the Patriots have last year? Five. Five. Four. Five. Four. They were 11 and five. All to, they were 11. All to, non, all to non-playoff teams. They lost to, like, the Lions. Lions, Jaguars, lost. Titans. Bu- uh, no, not Buffalo. Miami, and there was one more. I know they were 11-5. and five. Who cares what that so record the Cowboys, is? Oh, and the Steelers. So the Cow- right, Strangely so enough. The Cow- so if the Cowboys were to win that game, it would just be it would be so on brand for the Patriots if they lost that game, though. I want them to win. Of course I want them to win. But it would just be so on brand to lose to, like, a middle-of-the-road team for no freaking reason. And then when they get to the playoffs, they steamroll all the good teams. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I'm telling you right now, if somehow the Cowboys come out with a win, you will not hear the end of the Beave coming in here and yapping his big trap about his Cowboys and Dak Prescott throwing 300 yards against that Patriots defense. But this is but this is exactly the thing, though, right? This is this is exactly perfect Cowboys fan bluster. They would Cowboys fans would literally believe beating the Patriots in the regular season that might as well be their Super Bowl because they're not getting to a Super Bowl. Yeah, kind of like the Saints last year when they beat well, the Saints and everyone in the Bree- in the Beeves' eyes, he he believes that the the Cowboys are going to win three Super Bowls in a row. <laughs> oh, did you, mean, but- did, did you hear home stretch on Tuesday? Tyler was talking about how if Tom Brady gets released by the, the Patriots, all those rumors, he'll get signed with the Cowboys. And I'm like, oh, who, who, Tyler says some stupid Yeah, but, but this, this is the funnier part because he was actually here that day. I said, uh, who, will the, who will the Patriots have a quarterback that? And we go, and I go, Dak, because they, the, the Cowboys won't be able to pay him. And I was saying, that, that'll help, that'll boost the chances of Dak winning three straight Super Bowls. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things that's like, Dude, the pa- unfortunately, this is just the reality of the situation. The Patriots' season starts the second week of the playoffs. That's when their season starts, yep. and, and and that's all that that's all that matters. So, and and listen, I just said to you, the Cowboys' strength is the Patriots' weakness, right? There's a good chance the Cowboys could win. They have a very good pass rush, and the offensive line for the Patriots is terrible. Is Devlin still hurt? He's out for the year. He's on IR. Oh, yeah, because that's somebody they could have used to maybe help supplement that, but he's even even he's hurt. Dude, we have so many injuries on this team. Like, I don't know if Muhammad Sanu is playing. I don't know if Pat, uh, Philip Dorsett is playing. He got a concussion last week. Like, he's always The Patriots hurt. are a really banged-up team. Uh, that and their, their offense has not looked good. They really haven't. They, it, it, well, because of all the injuries, though. Well, that's we true. Lost, we, we lost those. So, we haven't had Isaiah win off season. This will be his and, second game. And by the way, by the way, Mister Ninety Percent Always Right, Mikey C, who said all season long, all season long that Gronkowski is coming back, he is not coming back this year. I told everybody from the beginning of the season he's not coming back. There's no way in hell he's coming back. Stop it! And Stop it. I Maddie, said it. Maddie Caps, Maddie Caps texted me when he was with you on Saturday. That you were telling everyone his announcement was that he was coming back. Maddie Caps, I I didn't hang out with Maddie Caps on Saturday. What are you talking about? That's when he texted me. I have the text that he was with you that that, that you were looking up. What, what well, you could say I actually thought you're I actually thought the announcement was going to be some CBD oil thing. Oh, uh, I I did not say. First of all, I did never said 
that whatsoever. I knew Gronk wasn't coming back. So it was you and it was you and Mike saying he's definitely coming back. He was not coming back. So it's a possibility. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe he comes back next year. Maybe he doesn't come back. I at do all. think he's I can coming see back it next year. I think I he's coming back next year. year. I do think he's going to come back next year. Well, he's going to play. He's going to be like Witten. He's going to come back one more year because he's not a very good uh, play-by-play analyst. Uh, for any sports radio network. so Well, he comes back, he'll be playing for a different team. It won't be with the Patriots. I agree with you. It will not be with the Patriots. Thanks, Jeff. Guys, always a pleasure. And listen, I know that you hate the Patriots, Arlen. Like, I get it. But you can't be rooting for the Cowboys this week, right? I'm not rooting for anybody. I, 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 think, I hope it's a good game because I am going to watch that game. That's going to be fun to watch. I mean, we, we can't have the beef thinking the Cowboys are any good. Oh, my God. If, if, I'm telling you, if somehow the Cowboys pull that off, you will not hear the end of the beef screaming and kicking that I told you this team's making the playoffs, and I'm telling you they're winning the Super Bowl. He can't do any of that I told you so stuff because when I called you, right, this, this happened. You'll back me up, Errol, yes, right? Yes, yes. I called you when – you know, not on your show, on your on your phone. Yes. And when the when the Cowboys lost to the Jets, did I not? Yes, you did. And I was mocking him, mm-hmm. absolutely mocking him. And you know what he said to me? Mm-hmm. You'll be sorry uh, next week when the Jets embarrass the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say that? Yeah, he did. And then there so were ghosts. You can't, so he can't sit there every time something happens and go, I called it, I called it, because did that kid literally calls nothing. Did the Patriots get embarrassed by the Jets? Yes, they did. No, they did? No, no, no. no I, they thought, I, thought you, I thought you said the Jets. No, did. the Patriots embarrassed the no, Jets. The Jets got embarrassed by the Patriots. Well, I'm not, even, gonna, I'm not even knocking the Jets. The Jets are in rebuild mode, and I'm not doing that. But he literally was screaming at me saying, next week the Jets are going to embarrass the Patriots and you'll be so sorry when that happens. Does anyone give him any crap for when he makes dumb statements like that? Because he, he likes to go, oh, I called it, I called it, I called it. He, wow. that, that's all he does. He goes, I called it. But when you're just a monkey at the zoo flinging shit against the wall to see what will stick, eventually you're going to get one right. You're right, and that's why I sit next to Mike, who always says he's 90% right, and he <laughs> thinks that Jason Witten is, is, is a better wide receiver, a better offensive player than any one of the Jets. And I sit there and listen to the crap that he says. I, I could say the same thing about Mike, some of the things that he says. He thinks he's 90% right, but he says some crazy, crazy outlandish things that make me – Wonder if uh, he's uh, doing drugs or not. So that's – I think the Beef – listen, the Beef's just a fan of his Cowboys and he expects his Cowboys to play good, good football. They, they're a team that, to me, has a lot of weaknesses, especially defensively. Their secondary is horrible. So, and and I, think, I think Tom Brady will eat them apart in the middle of the field. Well, Tom Brady's at a deficit, man. He doesn't have a lot of help right now, unfortunately. But, you know, maybe they'll work it out. Maybe they won't. This isn't a, the defense is better than it's ever been, but the offense isn't very good. So there's a possibility that the that the Cowboys do win. You hope, but I, I better hope they don't. You better hope that they don't. I don't. I don't care whether they do or they don't. It it, it really doesn't make that much difference. Yeah, but you, I'm saying you'll find because then he's gonna he'll find a way to say, ah, oh, you're making more excuses. That's what he's gonna do. You, it, it's 
It's the, I, 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 I know the Beave, and, and the Beave is, is looking forward for this game, and he's really, really hoping that the Patriots lose this game so we can stick it to you. Because if they don't, you should make a bet with him before the game starts. You really well, should. Well, here's the thing. But unfortunately, I go away on Monday, so I'm not even going to be around to deal with that kid's nonsense. Well, that's true, but you can still listen to the show, and if he's on one of the shows, you can still call up the show. So who listens to their show? To the show when I'm, I'm going to be on a bender. That's what this whole thing is about, man. You're going to be on where are you going to be? I'm going to be on a bender, bro. Oh, really? Good for you, dude. It's my vacation. I'm going bananas, dude. Well, have fun, man. How long you are you know, going? How long are you going? Five weeks. Oh, you're going for five weeks? Yeah, man. It's my off season. This is what I work all year for, man. Five weeks in Rhode Island, huh? Well, you know, I mean, I, I have some other things to take care of up there, and I mean, I'm I'm basically from there, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm going home for a little bit to take care of a few things and and that. But you know, it's going to be a bender. It's going to be a huge bender for five weeks. It's going to be so. Fun. So we're not going to hear from Jeff for five weeks. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Wow, no pretty Jeff. Much. That's just no Jeff for five weeks. That's that's sad. That's sad. I mean, Beaver will be happy. I won't be able to gloat on him. Oh, man. But that, well, have, have the, st- surprise, the, uh, the surprise comeback of the new year. We'll hear Jeff. Well, well, <laughs> don't worry, Jeff. We'll have, uh, we'll have Snug attack him extra in your absence. I, I, mean, I mean, what's going to happen? Like, what's he got? Like, so this is, like, legitimately the thing. If, if the Cowboys win, oh, I told you so. I told you so, right? What happens when the, if the Cowboys lose? Is he going to call up and say, I'm a complete idiot, I do this every No, he'll week. blame the refs. No, he, he knows that you're not going to be around, so he'll come back and he'll, make, he'll probably make some kind of excuse and expect you to forget when you do come back and you do want to attack him, not for you to remember. It'll be very, very funny and intriguing to see when the ha- what happens when you do come back and you do hear from the beef. So that'll be fun. I mean, it's just one of those things, though. Like, how, how many times can he just fling shit against the wall before someone calls him out for being a moron? Well, you've done it quite a few times, so there you go. I mean, it's pretty, dude. You can't say I called it for everything. <laughs> because, I mean, let's be honest. Is he not wrong, like, 90% of the time? No, that's Mike. 90% is, I say it all the time. Mike says he's 90% right. It's like, no, you're 90% wrong, 10% right. It's so funny. He sits there and he says Well, then how, how, what's the percentage on the beat? I would say the Beave has outlandish thoughts on a lot of things that he says. I would say the Beave is like 70-30. 70 wrong, 70% wrong, 30% right. That's where I think the Beave is. So. Right, but all he ever says is, I called it. I called it. I called it. Let's, let's let him predict the score to this game. That would be fun. I'm going to get it from him. I'll send you a text, but... Have a safe trip, man. Uh, hopefully you stay in touch, and we're looking for your comeback uh, tour when you get back. You can always come up to uh, – we're going to do the casinos and everything if you want to come up and, and go on a bender with us. Maybe maybe I will. I, one, of the, you know, one of the weeks. Maybe me and Mike will shoot up there. Absolutely. You and, uh, you and who? Mikey C. Oh, okay. Mikey C would be okay. The, the other Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mikey C. Mikey C loves the casinos. He blackjack guy, so he Is loves he? it. Yeah, he loves blackjack. Loves it. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what we're going to be doing: degenerate gambling and you know drinking until we black out. Interesting. Interesting. We're going to drink until the Cowboys are good. 
<laughs> Thanks, Jeff. All right, boys. Hashtag damn the beat. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Five weeks and no Jeff. Interesting. <laughs> drink until the Cowboys are good. Five weeks of no Jeff. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be highly missed right there. Jeez, man. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week below the mic. One eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. Thank you for thank you for uh, the call by Jeff. Uh, remember, you can follow us at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. and remember, follow us on Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and now TuneIn Radio and Radio. That's it for our show. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Morning Boys. Good night, everybody. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.